Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. And I shouldn't have said hello, homeschool friends. I should have said salvete amici, because Latin was the one foreign language that I taught my homeschoolers back when I was uh, doing world languages in homeschool high school. And that's my way of saying hello, friends, in Latin. But we are going to be digging into world languages and how you can enjoy weaving them into your homeschool high school years. And for that, uh, we have a special guest today. So I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with my co-host, Vicki. And we have the pleasure of Anne Guinera joining us. And we know Anne from the fabulous Two to One Network, which is a conference that we, golly, 10 years ago, something like that, um, first began. And we have met so many amazing homeschool bloggers and mompreneurs and such there. So um, Two to One Network, we love to plug them. Thank you, Cheryl Pitt, for starting that. But Anne Guinera, welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast. Hi, thank you both ladies. It's so nice to be with you. Um, I loved connecting with you at two to one. You've been a great encouragement to me and I'm happy to be on the podcast sharing what I know about teaching world languages. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about your homeschool world, like what's your family doing and how did you get into world languages and what would we do with high school? So we'll just kind of conversation our way through this. Sure. So I'll start out by telling you a little bit about what my family looks like now, and then I'll take you back to how I learn foreign languages and why they're important to me and why I want to help other homeschoolers learn them as well. So I am a mom of three boys. Mine are considerably younger than than yours, not in high school yet, but I have a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a Mm seven-year-old who I am homeschooling bilingually. So I teach them in Spanish and English, and we are also learning Portuguese as a third language. Oh, neat. Yes. So we have a lot of languages going on in our house every day, but um, that's something that's been really important to my husband and I. We are actually high school sweethearts, and we've been together since our senior year of high school, but both of us have been in love with languages uh, throughout our adulthood, and we've both lived in different countries. My husband speaks French, Spanish, and Portuguese, Mm. and I speak Spanish and Portuguese and learn to read French. And so that's something that we wanted to make just a really key part of our homeschool when we did decide to homeschool our kids. And so far, so good. So that's been wonderful. But um, I want to share my story a little bit about, so going back, how did I learn languages? Mm. And I think it's a good story because I think it shows that anyone can do it. Awesome. So I actually have a PhD in Spanish from the University of Virginia. And I have taught at the high school level and I've also taught undergraduates at UVA, which was wonderful. But the reason I ended up with my PhD in Spanish is because I was a failed French learner in high school. Oh. (laughs) So I took four years of high school French and I actually performed really well. I got straight A's, I was French Honor Society. My husband and I had a grand plan to go to separate colleges. I went to a women's college and then we would meet up our junior year in Paris and study abroad. Uh And so as we were going away to school, this is our plan. And then I got to my first week of my freshman year and I had to take the French placement test. And as it turns out, even though I could read and write French at a fairly high level, my speaking and listening skills were so low that my college placed me back into French 101. 
Oh, yes. Oh, how discouraging. <laughs> it was incredibly discouraging. And so um, I think this was probably a little bit of the Lord's leading <laughs> because it was a very rash decision. But I think I said to myself, you know what? I am not going to start at 101 again. Mm. I, if I have to take two years of a language, I'm going to do a totally new language. I'm going to go with Spanish. Awesome. <laughs> and, and so, so there I is. So I started in Spanish 101 in college. I took an intensive language course, which met nine hours a week and had about an hour a day of homework on top of that. And by the end of that first year, I was speaking Spanish at a conversational level and along the way learned a lot about how it is to learn a language. Mm. So I dedicated the rest of my undergraduate career to studying Spanish. I majored in comparative literature. And then I actually went and worked for four years for a number of different Hispanic organizations in DC doing education policy work for them. And then I decided to go back to graduate school to get my PhD in Spanish literature because I loved it too much. I just couldn't resist and I wanted to be able to teach it. But I really think that all of those lessons I learned as a French learner about how not to use a language, mm -hmm. how, excuse me, how not to learn a language have helped me better explain to both my students at UVA and now to other homeschooling families, what is it that we need to do in order to be able to use a foreign language. Okay, so now I am so curious. What, what is it that we need to do to learn a world language? Sure. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm speaking to you ladies as a host of podcasts that are specifically for high schoolers. Mm -hmm. And so I have three main tips that I can elaborate on in terms of what I think are key to language learning at this age. Mm -hmm. The first one I think is so important is to find your children's motivation. It is really important for teenagers to have a why behind why they're learning a language. Great. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when I taught at UVA, this is how I'd begin every single semester. My first class would be dedicated exclusively to getting my students to discover their why, mm -hmm. if they had never thought about it before, mm -hmm. and then articulate it for themselves. And so, and that's because language learning requires an enormous amount of daily dedication. It's a, a very skills-based mm -hmm. discipline to learn. And it also requires a good amount of risk-taking, which is hard for teenagers. Mm -hmm. In order to learn a language, you have to practice it a lot. And mm -hmm. as you're practicing it, you have to be willing to embarrass yourself and make mistakes. Yes. And this, as we know, if you've been a teenager or if you have teenagers, <laughs> this is something that is particularly hard at that age. So having a reason and a motivation behind language learning can help teenagers to weather both the demands of daily practice mm -hmm. and that risk-taking that they need to do in order to be able to build the pathways to language proficiency. And so that's why I focus so much on helping them to find a motivation. As I would help my students at UVA think about, and as you can help your children think about, there's a number of ways to construct that motivation. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not going to be the same for every child or for every family. It may be that your child has a personal interest that perhaps you consider twaddle, to use a Charlotte Mason word, <laughs> but maybe they really love Korean drama, or maybe they really love Korean pop music. Mm -hmm. And so they want to learn Korean. 
that's an okay motivation. If that is going to add to their language learning experience and, and give them that carrot on the stick to work towards, I say go for it. Perhaps your child has a more practical motivation. Maybe they want to pursue a profession. Uh, perhaps they want to go abroad and be a missionary. Perhaps they want to uh, be a nurse. Um, perhaps they, they want to work at a, an international bank. All of those things will require language learning. And so that can be another motivation for them. And then finally, you know, this is a, a motivation that I absolutely recognize and think is valid. It can just be a requirement for getting into college, or maybe they really just want to get out of it in college. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So they want to master foreign language to a level well enough that they can test out of it and then spend their college year studying something else. That's real. Yep. Yep. That's real. That's what I did with math. It was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy to not have to take a college level math course in college um, because I, I had gotten out of it by taking other courses and testing out. But be, having your child being able to articulate that motivation can really help with buy-in. Mm -hmm. And so before you jump into any language, I think it's a wonderful chance to take an opportunity to take your child out to to coffee or sit down with them at home. And as you're planning out your homeschool year for next year, talk with them about what would make the language real to them. Mm -hmm. Help them to envision a scenario in which they are actually using it. Because mm -hmm. that's our goal, right? With language, it's it, it's not just an academic exercise. It's not to build our vocabulary, boost our SAT scores. It's so that we can engage with mm -hmm. other people and other cultures and learn from them and learn to serve them and love them better. Gives them a vision, yep. Yes. Yeah. So that's my first, that's my first tip. <laughs> that's a great tip. Thanks. Um, and my second tip is to choose your resources carefully. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I have to say as, as an encouragement and also a warning is make sure you're using an actual foreign language curriculum for your high school student. Duolingo and Rosetta Stone are not curriculum. Mm. They do not count. <laughs> they are wonderful practice tools. I have reviewed Duolingo on my website. I've also reviewed a number of other language learning apps that I think are great for practice tools, specifically on the go. Mm -hmm. But they do not have the sy systematic and spiral structure that an actual language learning curriculum will have. Yeah, yeah. What do you, I know they're probably clarify I, for me. Okay, what do you mean by spiral structure? Sorry, that's just a, that's the term that's new for me, and it might be new for oh, some. Oh, okay. No, sure. So. We often talk about like mastery versus spiral curriculum for math. So okay. in a mastery curriculum, you would have a curriculum that focuses on skill building in chunks. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm teaching elementary schoolers, so this is very fresh in mind, mm -hmm. right? Like um, you first do master addition, then you master subtraction, mm -hmm. then you master multiplication, and it goes in, in a stair-step fashion right. without necessarily incorporating a ton of review into okay. the structure. Mm -hmm. For a spiral curriculum, and this is what most language learning curriculums emulate, it, what it does is it introduces new material at increasingly difficult levels okay. while constantly reviewing material that's already been learned. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Because this is how we learn languages in general. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of focusing, for example, on, on the present tense, and then you never deal with the present tense again, Right? right. That would never work for languages. Right. You're going to master the present tense. And then that's going to spiral through the rest of your curriculum mm -hmm. as you add in different kinds of tenses, different vocabulary, different modes of speaking. 
And, and so you're looking for a curriculum that has been designed by someone who understands that and understands how the material presented needs to interact with itself. Yeah, you have an organized structure. You're getting some grammar and building on that grammar and vocabulary and building on that. I think the, the apps a lot of times are just throwing vocabulary at you or little conversational things, which are fun for review, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to learn a language and do it well with those. Right, because what we need in the brain is that we need to understand base structures of language in a systematic way in order to be able to then use them in the varied and totally unpredictable scenario of human conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so um, one thing I'll say to parents of high schoolers is that your kids actually have an advantage in learning languages because they're already proficient in their native language. Mm-hmm. There's a myth that only young children can learn languages. Mm-hmm. That's not true. A, older children past puberty and adults can actually can learn can learn languages and they can actually learn it faster because what cognitive research shows us is that children graft new languages onto the existing grammar structures in their brain and then use the comparisons between the two to be able to to more easily use the second language Cool. Okay, so now I'm going to just jump in and rabbit trail for a second and then let you get back to your other tips. Sure, so, sure. Um, so we've got some folks who are on drive time and they're only going to hear this much. And so they want to know the link to your website so they can hear, see your curriculum review. So just real quick, say the name of your website so they can find you. Absolutely. My website is www.languagelearningathome.com. And I have very popular roundups of Spanish, French, and Latin curricula, actual curricula that you you can review to see um, if it fits your family's learning style, if it fits your family's budget and other needs that you may have. Very good. All right. Now back to your tips. Sure, sure. So um, what goes along with using an actual curriculum is that the other thing you have to know about curriculum is that there are very good curricula on the market but none of those will make your child fluent in a foreign language. So I think that's actually a good expectation to know at the outset because that can help you supplement appropriately. So if you want your children to reach a level of conversational proficiency or above, they will need to have speaking and listening practice scheduled in, in addition to their written curriculum. Mm -hmm. That can happen a few different ways. So you can have your children enrolled in a co-op class or a conversation class online or one-to-one online tutoring. And in this day and age with the internet, there are actually very, very affordable ways to do that. My, my own children have Portuguese practice with a Portuguese tutor and we pay $7 per half hour session. Oh. And the, I find that very affordable yeah. and, um, and we've made great use of that. So those resources do exist and I have some recommended on my website. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's, it's important just to emphasize how essential language learning practice is. Um, One, because you don't want your children to end up with my story, right? Four years studying French and then I couldn't speak it. (laughs) Um, And so the whole point of language learning is to use it and to be comfortable using it. And second, um, you know, you just really want to spare them that frustration like I had. So Mm -hmm. you want to equip them in the best way that they can to, to develop all of those skills in tandem speaking, listening, reading, and writing. Beautiful. Yes. And then, so finally, 
just to help parents think about, okay, well, you know, how do I work on those skills? Like what, besides a curriculum and conversation practice, mm-hmm. what does that look like? I think that you, parents can know that they can take advantage of homeschooling's flexibility to get their kids the amount of practice that they need to be successful in language learning. So in order to get to speaking and listening proficiency, research tells us that kids really need 15 minutes of practice per day on top of what they're doing in their coursework. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can just think about, this is perhaps unique in our American context because foreign language is not something that we would leave our houses and have to practice every day. Whereas when you have a child who's learning to read or when you have a child who's learning to do basic arithmetic, there are chances to use that in real life all the time. You don't need to build in practice reading signs mm-hmm. or practice calculating change at the store. That's just something that we need to do on a daily basis. Whereas foreign language, you do have to very intentionally schedule in that extra practice mm-hmm. because otherwise it won't necessarily happen. However, we can use the flexibility of homeschooling to make that happen in a way that works for your family. Mm -hmm. So this is where I come back to apps and online practice tools. They are great use for the car. Your children, there are podcasts in Spanish and French that your children can listen to. That's a great way to get listening comprehension practice or even just listening to music. All those things help the brain to learn the patterns of a new language and to pick up new vocabulary. And so there are things that I recommend that parents add in and, and work with your high schoolers to schedule in. There should be a designated time when that practice happens. Otherwise, it's just too hard to put it off. Like we, we, an hour once a week is not the same as 15 minutes over the course of four days right. when it comes to language learning. So it is something that does need to be tackled on a daily basis and through the summer. So I know you know what he wants to do summer school, but (laughs) (laughs) at the same time, we can make it fun. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be worksheets and flashcards. It can be real life learning, watching Korean dramas with subtitles in Korean on, watching telenovelas with the Spanish subtitles on in Spanish. Those things support learning and, and keep the brain working to learn a new language. Those are so inspirational and practical. Thank you, Anne. All right. So now everybody wants to hear about your website and any other place to connect you. So tell a little bit about your site and give the address again. And if you got Facebook groups or anything like that. Sure. Thank you so much. So my website is Language Learning at Home. That's www.languagelearningathome.com. And I have a blog there that's full of information on how to learn foreign languages and resources to help you and your children learn them. You can search them by language. So I think that's a helpful tool to know that that exists on the site. Mm -hmm. And I'm also available on Facebook. I have a Facebook community of over 2,300 members Mm -hmm. and that's called the Language Learning at Home Community. And it's a place I love because number one, it is full of supportive people. It has been a blessing to me in a time when online discourse is so polarizing that it is a group of folks who are really committed to helping other homeschoolers. And um, and so I love it there. And it's a good place to ask for specific resources, especially if your children are studying less common languages. It can be hard to dig those up. But we have parents studying everything from Bulgarian to Romanian. We have parents, German, Italian. Portuguese, we have a lot of different languages represented. And so 
I do recommend going there if you're looking for something in particular or just want to hear other parents' experience experiences yeah. with particular curricula. And then finally, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm a bit of an Instagram snow leopard. Um, I'm there sometimes. I try to make it wor <laughs> worthwhile and then I fade away. But um, you can find me there as well at Language Learning at Home on Instagram. Um, and so, you know, I am a mom of young kids and running after a toddler all the time. So I have limited, limited time <laughs> in my life to be posting, but uh, I do try to make it worth your while. So feel free to, to find me and follow me there. Um, and, and I'll, I'll help you as best I can. And we'll put links to all these in the show notes, and then we'll have some um, fresh material that we'll share links for when the, this episode goes live right there in the show notes. So. Yeah. Right. Very good. Thank you, Anne. Yeah, thank you so much. This is really excellent. It's it's both inspirational and practical. I agree with Vicky. And um, we love anybody who is helping other homeschool high schoolers understand that there's not just one right way to do this, that there are guiding principles that can help you make choices that are going to be the best for your family, that are going to help you actually learn foreign languages, not just um, dabble in them and check a box on a transcript and then get to college and find that you have no proficiency whatsoever. So that's really, that's really great. We do want to constantly be encouraging people to, to adapt things and to find the way that is going to really help their kids learn. And I love that you included motivation in there. That is such a powerful tool, especially for teenagers. Yeah. So um, thank you for that. Really, really good wisdom. I guess that's going to wrap it up. Yes, for now. All right. And it was so nice to have you here on the podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts with us and to share your resources. And so everybody should, should check out www.languagelearningathome.com. And definitely, if you are considering uh, world languages for your teens, check out the Facebook group. I am such a firm believer that we do well when we share our experiences with one another. We can learn so much from each other while we're still in the trenches. Nobody has to have it figured out and then teach it backwards. We just need to link arms and share resources with each other. So check that out. And thank you, Seventh Sisters, for being here today, listening and getting inspired and getting practical tips for your homeschool high schoolers. We hope that you will join us on future episodes of the Homeschool High School Podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. <laughs>